Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Luke, the Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 24. <clears throat> I'm trying to save what voice I have because I enjoy this message and I've got extra stuff with it. And we'll just go as far as the Lord will allow my voice to hold out. I'm thankful for God's graciousness and His mercy and He is a wonderful God. We've uh, been dealing with the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, and this morning we witnessed the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we saw as the disciples were hard to believe, even though it had been told to them over and over, and we hit the idea that the reason why they were slow to believe was because of their own hard, hardened hearts. And the, how does someone get a hardened heart? It's when they have developed disobedience towards the Lord. They're not readily obedient. And it makes it harder to obey the next thing that God has given you to do. And throughout the rest of the gospel record of Luke in chapter 24, we're going to see this theme over and over that the disciples are still having a difficult time believing. We pick it up after the resurrection in the gospel record of Luke chapter 24. The gospel record of Luke 24, and once again, if you don't mind, I'm going to whisper tonight. Max, turn me up just a tad bit more. <clears throat> And let's look together the gospel record of Luke 24. Notice with me verse 13. And behold, two of them that went the same day into a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them said, whose name was Cleophas, answering and said to him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which have come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deed and in word before God and all the people. And how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been with him, or he, which should have been redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since those things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which have said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. 
Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and have entered into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with him. And it came to pass, as he sat down at meat with him, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told the things which were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a very powerful phrase that we find in the gospel record of Luke? In fact, probably one of my most favorite phrases in all of the gospel record of Luke. The gospel record of Luke chapter 24, and notice with me in verse 27, beginning at Moses, beginning at Moses. And with the Lord's help, we want to see as Jesus talked with these people in the road of Aramaeus and what he was attempting to teach them. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you now, I'm just asking that you would just give us grace and that you would give us mercy. That you would help this passage to come alive. Lord, this is one of the passages I love so much. And Lord... I'm asking that you would help my throat physically. I don't have the ability to do this tonight, and I need much discernment. I need much wisdom that you can grant me. Fill me with your spirit, and that you would put power in this message that I do not have in myself. Do a work even now, and that it be worth it to be in your house. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, earlier that morning, the ladies of that first century church went to go visit the tomb of Jesus and they had found that Jesus was indeed risen. And they went back and reported to the others and of course we had saw this morning how they were hard of heart and they had a hard time believing. Well these two disciples of Aramaeus, they had walked from Jerusalem. They had heard about what had happened. They were part of uh, the crowd that the ladies had told. And they began to walk to the road of, um, to the city of Aramaeus. And they were talking amongst themselves. And their countenance was sad. And they were broken hearted. And they just didn't know what to make of it. They just heard the news that Jesus was risen again. But they just couldn't grasp it. And so as they're walking, they got the poochy lip disease and all things are horrible. And this is the greatest day in human history. And the followers of Christ, some of the disciples, are as sad as sad could be. And they're moping and talking. And Jesus himself rose again in the flesh, comes up behind them and he has made himself where they don't recognize him and he comes up behind them and he goes, hey guys, what's the matter? Why you guys look so sad? And they turn to Jesus and don't recognize him and said, what, you're a stranger here? Do you not hear the things going on? What things? 
And they said, well, Jesus, who was a prophet, mighty in word and deed, and we were just positive he was going to be the Messiah. We were positive he was the one sent from God. We just knew it, but our chief priests and our chief rulers, they crucified him and they put him to death, and now it's the third day, and some ladies went and talked with some angels, and they came back with this just crazy story that the tomb was empty, and oh, it's just... It's just a bad day. It's just, oh, all of our hopes were in this Jesus guy. And, oh, we don't know what we're going to do now. If you could forgive me for going to storytelling mode, but now they're just upset. And think about this. Jesus has told all of his disciples over and over and over. And nothing like getting a firsthand account. You know, it's one thing to be the teacher walking in and getting the report from the, the kids who polish up the story. But they don't know it's Jesus. And they don't know they're being tested. And they're all moping and sad. And they should be jumping with joy. They should be victorious. They should be excited. But instead, they're moping and sad. So Jesus here takes time to rebuke them. Notice as Jesus begins to explain to them, verse 25. And he said unto them, O fools. Nothing like having a stranger come behind you and say, fools. Now, they still don't know it's Jesus. Oh, fools. What is a fool, by the way? A fool is someone who doesn't take regard to God. They had discounted what God had said. Once again, going with that same idea of a hardened heart. These are people that had just rejected, ignored, put aside God's word. And because of that, their hearts are hard. In fact, notice what Jesus said about their hearts. Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe. Now, that was another condemnation to them. You're slow of heart to believe. Your heart has begun to get hardened because of this disobedience in your life. What has happened, that heart begin to be hardened. It's now slower to believe because of that disobedience has started to build up into it. And he says, slow of heart to believe what? All that the prophets have spoken. You understand that when they're moping around, they're not just disregarding the words of Jesus or if you were to play the scenario, some guy who claimed to be the Messiah. Jesus is saying, you have disregarded and slow to believe what the Bible has said that you have in your hands. From the Old Testament. And what he began to do, verse 26, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now, the whole purpose of the word of God is to reveal God to man. Every book of the Bible tells us something special and unique about the Lord. Throughout the entire word of God, the Bible speaks that God would send a Messiah who would come and die for the sins of the people. The very first promise of a Redeemer is found in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Why is it so late? Because in Genesis chapter 3 is the fall of man. That's the first time they needed a promise of Redeemer. 
that as soon as they fail, as soon as they fail and God confronted them, the very first thing he did, God did, was give them a promise that he was going to take care of their sin just mere hours, minutes from when they sinned. God had already given them a promise of Redeemer. And the promise of this Redeemer goes throughout the entire Old Testament trying to prepare the people. Jesus is going to die for you. The Messiah is coming. He's going to take all of your sins. Then to prove his point, Jesus took the Bible and he opened up from the beginning to show the disciples the things about Christ throughout the Old Testament. Now, What I would like to do, and we'll get back to the gospel record of Luke, is that every book of the Bible tells us something about God. When I get to heaven, I want to check out the DVD or streaming service or whatever they do, and I want to hear this message from Jesus. Just to think about him as he takes the Bible and it says, from the book of Genesis. You know, in the book of Genesis, how do we see Jesus? He is the seed of the woman. In the book of Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In the book of Leviticus, he's our high priest. In the book of Numbers, he's the cloud, pillar of cloud during the day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is a prophet like Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In the book of Judges, he's the judge and the lawgiver. In the book of Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. And first and second Samuel, he's the shepherd king. In first and second Kings, he's the reigning king. In first and second Chronicles, he's the glorious temple. In the book of Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. In the book of Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the walls. In Esther, he's Mordecai, our advocate. In the book of Job, he's the day spring from on high. In the book of Psalms, he's the Lord who is our shepherd. In the book of Proverbs, he's the wisdom of God. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he is the meaning of life. In the book of Song of Solomon, he's the lover and the bridegroom. In the book of Isaiah, he's the suffering servant. In the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations, he's the weeping prophet. The book of Ezekiel, he is the son of man. The book of Daniel, he is the son of man coming in the clouds from heaven. And the book of Hosea, he is the faithful husband. The book of Joel, he is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. And the book of Amos, he is the burden bearer. Obadiah, he is the mighty savior. And Jonah, he is the forgiving God. In the book of Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. In the book of Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In the book of Habakkuk, he's the great evangelist crying for revival. In the book of Zephaniah, he's the restorer of the remnant. In Haggai, he's the cleansing fountain. In the book of Zechariah, he's the pierced son. And Malachi, he's the son of righteousness. It goes on through the New Testament and pictures Jesus. In the book of Matthew, he's the Messiah, the promised one. In the gospel record of Mark, he's the miracle worker. In the gospel record of Luke, he's the son of man. 
In the gospel record of John, he's the Son of God. In the book of Acts, he's the Ascended Lord. In the book of Romans, he's the Justifier. In the book of 1 Corinthians, he's the Resurrection. In the book of 2 Corinthians, he's our Comforter. The book of Galatians, he's the one that sets us free. In the book of Ephesians, he's the head of the church. The book of Philippians, he's the God who meets our every need. In the book of Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead. In the book of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, he's the coming king. In the book of 1st and 2nd Timothy, he's the mediator between God and man. In the book of Titus, he is the blessed hope. In the book of Philemon, he's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In the book of Hebrews, he's the blood that washes away my sins. In the book of James, he's the great physician. First and second Peter, he's the chief shepherd. First, second, and third John, he's everlasting love. <clears throat> In the book of Jude, he's God our Savior. And in the book of Revelation, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. All throughout the books of the Bible, each individual book tells us something special and unique about God. All through it, you see the Lord Jesus Christ on every page. Through it, every story, every book tells us something about our Savior, our great God who loves us so much. So as Jesus took time and beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounded unto them the scriptures, the things concerning himself, that he went to page after page, book after book, telling those people, those two people in a special private message, all about Jesus throughout the Bible. The whole purpose of the Bible is to reveal God to man. And when we read our Bible, it should tell us more about Jesus. Oh, how do we keep our hearts soft? By looking for Jesus on every page. Lord, open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from thy law. Lord, let me see more of you. God made a promise that if we sought him, he would be found. Every time you open up your Bible, if you go with a seeking heart, God, show me Jesus. He'll show you every time. If you have that heart to seek him out. Which brings us to the last thing in here. The disciple's heart should burn with God's word. The disciple's heart should burn with it. So as Jesus took time and he took with time to talk to the disciples, he listened to them, listened to them complain, then he took the Bible and showed them Jesus. What was the result? What should happen when we're looking for Jesus? What should happen when we find Jesus? Our hearts should burn. Notice as they say this, verse 28. And they drew nigh into the village Emmaus, where they went. And he made as though as he had gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass that he sat down with meat with them, and he took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him. You know, after all of that message, they didn't still realize it was Jesus. It wasn't until Jesus revealed himself to them. Oh, it was Jesus this whole time. And he vanished out of their sight. Notice what they said. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us 
while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened up to us the scriptures. The context is, is that probably looked and said, how did we not know it was Jesus? And they said, you should have known it was Jesus. Why? Because when we heard about Jesus, our hearts burned within us. That we heard this wonderful message about Jesus and our hearts were burning. We should have known about it because we should have been looking for him. You know, there should be an emotional response. Our hearts should burn. There should be something in us that when we find Jesus, when we see his face, when we find him throughout the scriptures, it should burn. It should put a fire here. It shouldn't be cold and calloused. It shouldn't be hard and slow. It should be burning, warm, soft, malleable because of who our God is. How is your heart? Is your heart burning? Can you just look forward to that time of reading the Bible? Man, I can't wait to see about Jesus. Are you still excited about church and that you look forward to your heart burning? Oh, I want to see more about Jesus. Or has your heart started to get hardened? Has it started to been getting calloused because of the disobedience? Starting to, almost like a vaccine, starting to develop an immunity towards God's word that it no longer affects you anymore. It no longer excites you anymore. It just ho-hum. You see, we need to keep our hearts soft. We need to keep looking for Jesus. And we need to start keep looking for ways to be obedient to Him. Because if we seek Him, He will be found. And when we're looking for Him and we find Him, our hearts are going to burn within us. And it will be exciting to be in our Bibles. It's exciting to be in church. It's exciting to allow God to speak to us. Even though Jesus kind of yelled at Him, Oh, this is good stuff because we want to know more about Jesus. We want to know more about Him. So again, how is your heart? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.